Today's episode is brought to you by Dipsy. Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories as well as written erotica. It doesn't matter what you're into or what turns you on. Take it from me, Dipsy has something for everyone. I've been such a loyal listener that Dipsy curates the new stories that they think I'll enjoy. And let me tell you, they are correct. They recently recommended Hometown. Jack thought he'd never see Gia again. Now he has a second chance. They know I'm a sucker for second chance stories, especially involving a man with a British accent. And do you know how I knew I'd like this story before I even pressed play? Because of their handy dandy tag system that lets me know that this story involves dirty talk, that it's rough and wild, and he doms. Tipsy has a whole erotic universe, which I've just discovered, because after listening to Jack's saga with Gia, I binged a written series about Jack's chaotic yet erotically charged love life during his prestigious artist residency called Jack's Dilemma. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com outfit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P. S-E-A stories.com slash outfit. That's dipsystories.com slash outfit. Hi, my name is Chelsea Fairless. And I'm Katinka Garoni. (laughs) And today we are talking about Zoolander, a film that is very near and dear to my heart, but a film that I haven't seen in a very, very long time. Yeah, Zoolander is one of those films I think you only watch these days exclusively as clips on YouTube. It's better now than it was at the time because it captures the time period so perfectly. I think I was too close to it the first time I saw it. Like I was too in it. As an aspiring fashion person who wanted to live in New York slash lived in New York? I don't know. It was just I couldn't even see the humor in like early 2000s advertising in the same way that I can now, I guess. This is one of those films that is just a little bit ahead of its time. We've talked about this previously and that's kind of what makes a film like Ingrid Goes West so brilliant is it happened the moment it needed to happen, satirizing social media. And I think this was just a little too early. But it was also like the last time you could even have a movie like this because so much of it is about magazines and like print advertising and that shit just doesn't exist anymore. Where Zoolander comes from is the last vestiges of the supermodel craze as it's cresting, but before the kind of influencer supermodel that we have now. Right. When Zoolander came along, we were firmly in the sort of Giselle, Carmen Cass era of fashion. It was before all of the sort of Eastern European girls and certainly way before the models of today. Well, the origins of the character of Zoolander comes from the long-lost VH1 Fashion Awards, which were born out of supermodels in the early 90s being so popular that VH1 was like, let's give them an award show, which is funny because now would be the perfect time to bring back the VH1 Fashion Awards. Yeah, that was really ahead of its time in retrospect. It was so fun. I lived for it every single year. And actually, I would love to go back and watch all of them. I know they're on YouTube. They are. 
So this character was born out of a producer that produced a lot of the MTV awards, was brought in for the VH1 Fashion Awards. The VH1 Vogue Fashion Awards. Sorry. Uh, the VH1 Vogue Fashion Awards. Although this is only a VH1 film production, uh, which is the first title card you see in Zoolander, which made me laugh when I saw it. But that producer felt like the fashion industry took itself too seriously, that the fashion awards weren't exactly working. So he wanted to do these shorts that satirize different professions, a photographer, a model, a model's agent. And so they settled on using Ben Stiller to be a model and Derek Zoolander was born. So there were two comedy shorts, essentially, that were aired during this ceremony in 1996 and 1997. The first one, they pretty much put verbatim back into the film. Yeah, but in the film, Derek Zoolander's a little stupider. Basically, the character, obviously, you know you've watched it, but it's just like the dumbest model on the face of the earth. The first one was just kind of introducing the character. The second one was a full-on fake infomercial for basically like a modeling school. Right, and you know who makes an appearance in it. Smith Jared. I never registered it until I just went back and watched it earlier today. These two shorts gave them the idea, gave Ben Stiller the thought that perhaps it could sustain an entire movie. Obviously, the second short airs in 1997. Austin Powers comes out, and I think it opened the door of like, oh, this idiot maybe could have a whole film to itself. I was reading the oral history of Zoolander and Vanity Fair that they released for the 20th anniversary, and the original concept was more of an island of Dr. Moreau, where Derek would have discovered he had a twin brother who was a Bruce Springsteen impersonator, and like the proto-Mugatu character would have been breeding models and making experiments, so there would have been like a half-man, half-donkey model character and uh they quickly were like that's bad (laughs) yeah that sounds horrible and then pivoted it into more of a manchurian candidate style film that it is now so this film opens with i completely forgot about this basically news footage about the malaysian prime minister and how he's pushing a new progressive agenda around child labor the bulkhead of this film is predicated on the idea about the fashion industry wanting needing necessitating child labor in foreign countries so then it cuts to a mafia boss style meeting with all of these titans of the fashion industry whose faces are obscured by darkness we meet will ferrell's character mugatu who's being grilled by this panel essentially yes it is the access of fashion evil we've got a fake Karl Lagerfeld yeah a thick Karl Lagerfeld yeah I was gonna say a pre-diet coke skinny jean Karl Lagerfeld someone named Giorgio who I it's supposed to be Giorgio Armani those are the two sort of literal fashion titans there's an Anna Wintour if Anna Wintour smoked I feel like that wasn't literally Anna Wintour. It was more just like generic woman that works in fashion and has a bob and wears sunglasses. Right. I mean, the lay person watching this film would think it's Anna Wintour. Yeah, but I just took it to be an amalgamation of like every woman that works in the fashion industry during that time period anyway. I can see that. (laughs) What doesn't make a ton of sense is... The fake personas represented don't necessarily use or need child labor. Right. It's not like these are executives from Nike or something. But certainly at the time that they were writing the film in the late 90s, 
it was that time that there were a lot of sweatshop scandals. Like, I remember the Kathy Lee Gifford sweatshop scandal. To be fair, that's the only sweatshop scandal that I remember. Man, <laughs> it stayed with me. It did. And there is a great joke in Glass Onion where Kate Hudson's lifestyle guru has her athleisure line made in a sweatshop because she thought that sweatshops are where they make sweatpants. <laughs> Sorry, I have no response to that. <laughs> That's about as funny as any Ryan Johnson film is, so that is the correct response. Although, to be fair, you still haven't watched Poker Face. This is true. To the fuckettes listening, have you watched this? It's incredible. I keep trying to get Lauren to watch it. All right, jumping back into the film, it cuts to Derek Zoolander at a photo shoot being interviewed by Matilda Jeffries, played by Christine Taylor, who was Stiller's wife. Still his wife. Well, they had a separation during the pandemic, but they got back together. Oh, really? I love that. They're back together now. Wow, thank God. She plays a journalist from Time Magazine, and she's like supposed to be the frumpy character, I guess, even though she's hot. She's not fashionable. It's not even that she's not fashionable. They keep making jokes that it's more that she doesn't I don't know, shop at Chanel or Gucci, I guess. It's one of those miscongeniality situations or like, what was that movie with Amy Schumer? I Feel Pretty. Yeah, where like everyone treats her like she's a monster, even though she looks completely normal. Yeah, Christine Taylor's version of glasses is that she wears her hair in a high updo. Yeah. She is kind of the inspiration behind Derek Zoolander, or at least Blue Steel, because she was making fun of how Ben Stiller would pose in the mirror, and that was the origins of the blue steel look oh that's funny yeah and this is the scene where he talks about those looks blue steel ferrari latigra taken directly from the vh1 vogue fashion awards sketch that we just talked about and he's talking about his life as a model and he's obviously like a total idiot and then it cuts to the vh1 fashion awards the year 2000 vh1 fashion awards even though the sketch was very popular the Derek zoolander sketch the people in the fashion community Except Anna Wintour, which is actually kind of crazy. Fucking hated that sketch. No one wanted to help out on this film. That's why there's almost no designer clothing in the film. And when they shot the VH1 Fashion Awards, because they didn't have the money to recreate that award show, they were allowed to shoot during the commercial breaks, which are only three minutes long. And then they stole shots, as we see on the red carpet. But it's amazing. Is there any other film that did this? Or television show that's shot at an existing award show. Like it adds a level of authenticity that I can't really think of anything comparable. Like the shot of Derek Zoolander in front of all the paparazzi was Ben Stiller said, I will give you shots of me. You just have to scream Derek instead of Ben. And they were like, okay. And that's how they got that shot. <laughs> it's amazing. We're sorry that we had to cut that off, but if you like what you just heard and want to listen to the full episode, go to patreon.com slash everyoutfit.